The most famous flora in football. The stage it is going to be loud and rocking. It's blocked! And dogs ball on it! And they are routing the underdogs. Kirby had his team ready and I didn't. We call that balling. Doing this is my calling. I'm like, yeah, what it do? Fall back as I'm coming through with my whole team. They coming too, that's real. One of the best catches you'll ever see. Brock it up at the goal. In the SEC, you're not going to come in and make the mistakes that we made and win a game. Here we go. Get your popcorn ready. Alabama all over the Ole Miss Rebels. And Cincinnati, the biggest win in school history. Oh, oh lots of words right now. But we will have overtime. Humphreys, touchdown. Game on the line. Fourth down. Out of bounds. Incomplete. The number three ranked team in the country goes down. How am I going to celebrate? I'm going to celebrate with these guys. A new week in college football is here, and here are some notable trends so far. Alabama's offense hasn't missed a beat. Behind Heisman favorite quarterback Bryce Young, the Tide have scored 30 points in 31 straight games, tied for the longest streak in major college football history. How about Georgia's defense? They've also been dominant. The Bulldogs allowing just 23 points this season, the fewest by an FBS school through five games since Florida State in that 1993 national championship season. As for everybody else, well, there's been chaos. No season like it in the AP poll era, which dates back to 1936. We've seen more ranked teams lose to unranked teams so far. We already have 18. As we say hello on College Football Live with Joey Galloway and David Pollock, I'm Wendy Nix. And if there's anything we've come to expect in this season, it's the unexpected. We're still talking about teams as we played five games that we normally or wouldn't have not expected to talk about, David. And so I'll ask you this. When you survey the landscape, who – what team, who out there has been the biggest surprise for you? And that's going to continue, Wendy. This season, it looks like that's good. We're going to see that throughout. We're going to talk about teams in the playoffs like Cincinnati, I think, up until the, the last week of the college football playoff, which is awesome. The more teams, the better. Look at Iowa at three. Look at Penn State at four. I, I think, to me, our Kansas, baby, Arkansas, is a team that I didn't expect to beat Texas and Texas A&M and climb up into the top 10 early in the season. Um, you know, they've done it, obviously, with, with K.J. Wright, an off, a quarterback that we knew nothing about before the season. So, uh, great defense. I think we, we knew they would play great defense, but I don't think anybody saw Arkansas as a game day destination a week ago, a top 10 team versus Georgia. So, it was a heck of a surprise. Sam Pittman's done a heck of a job with that club. I agree with you on Arkansas, uh, except the last game, of course. But, you know, they had a, a great start to their season. The other team that surprised me is Iowa, and, and a team that started outside the top 15 that has worked their way to inside the top five in the way they're doing it. Uh, they're outstanding on the defensive side. And, and Iowa's not a team that does a lot of different looks on the defensive side. They do a really good job of making you turn the ball over because they don't make mistakes. So they lead the Big Ten in, in scoring defense. They lead the Big Ten in creating turnovers. And Spencer Petras has done a good job of taking care of the football. And, and that's the winning uh, idea for Iowa is take care of the football, be physical, and then let your defense win you football games. It's worked out so far pretty good for the, Iowa, the, for the Iowa Hawkeyes. If they continue, they'll be a team also that we talk about at the end of the season uh, with a chance to get in the playoff. 
It's funny, Joy, that you talk about Iowa because that's a perfect segue as we take a look at our college football rankings brought to you by Capital One. And what stands out is that we've got four Big Ten teams in the top ten. That's compared to just two from the SEC. Clemson fell out of the top 25 for the first time since November of 2014. So, David, you can look at this one of two ways. Of course, glass half full. These teams we're still talking about. You look at it half empty. Teams like Clemson, where we thought we'd be discussing uh, their playoff future at this point in the season, and we're not. But let's go back to that Big Ten, because what's fascinating is that anything can happen here. It is wide open. But I want to ask specifically about Iowa, who Joey talked about. Can they punch their ticket to the Big Ten championship with a win this weekend? They absolutely can. But here's the thing, Wendy. If they lose, they're still punching that ticket. Like, have you seen the division that they play in? Remember, all these teams that we're talking about that are really good with Ohio State, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, they're all on the other side. Look at the remaining schedule. These are all a lot of these teams are in your division. So if Iowa loses this weekend to Penn State, they're still going to win their division. They're still going to go to the Big Ten championship game. So a good season is coming for the Hawkeyes. All right, well, let's take a look at the Big Ten East in particular. And uh, when, when you look at it, you've got top 12, four top 12 teams uh, in conference play. And so, look, you've got contenders and pretenders at this point, Joey. And I would agree. Again, take a look at the standings. Uh, according to the All-State Playoff Predictor, the Big Ten has an 18% chance of sending multiple teams to the playoff right now, an 83% chance of sending at least one. So I, I want to echo the fact that I think this is very good for college football, but it will have to get itself sorted out. Uh, contending or pretending, let's start with, with Michigan, who I think has surprised a lot of folks at this point in the season. Joey? Uh, Michigan seems to be a much improved football team. Uh, and I think it took last weekend's game against Wisconsin to really give them a little bit more respect because they hadn't played anybody up until then. But the way they're doing things now offensively uh, is what makes them better. They were a run between the tackles offense, uh, three yards in a cloud of dust, and, and maybe maybe throw a pass down the field, getting two guys out with a max protection. And in this season, uh, in the first quarter, you, you've seen a flea flicker uh, called early for Michigan. It went, you know, big play for a touchdown. Their big play numbers this season uh, blow away what they've done in past season. I think that's the difference in this team. They have the confidence and the ability to go downfield with the football, not just play run between the tackles. Michigan absolutely has a chance to get to the Big Ten championship game. They got some tough games going. David just mentioned the Big Ten East is pretty brutal right now. But any one of those teams, whether it's Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, those teams can win any of their games. Well, I, I, I love your uh, zeal for the Michigan passing game. I don't share it, but I, I mean they did make some plays. Um, I would definitely think I would definitely think that's the the. But how they're going to hang their hat and what they're going to be good at is they're going to be running good at running the football, and that's what's been fun to watch. This looks like a hardball team. Nasty up front, uh, a lot of diversity in their run game. Corum going absolutely bananas with big plays. And McNamara in the passing game doing enough and creating plays like Joey talked about with the flea flicker. I don't know how good they are on that end, but I will flip it to the defense. Aiden Hutchinson is a bad mother, shut your mouth. And he is going to destroy offenses. Their pass rush is legit, consistently getting pressure on the quarterback from Michigan. So I do believe Michigan's got staying power, and everybody in the division are going to be taking note. 
Look, I'll put my love for the flea flicker aside for just a minute, but I, I do love it. I, you talk about the calling card being that running game. Joey, uh, when you look at Penn State, what has to be their calling card uh, to make some noise in this thing? I think it is very similar to uh, to what Michigan has to do. And, and David, I agree with you. Their calling card is the run game, but they have to they have to be able to go down the field at times. And Sean Clifford for Penn State has been different this season. Last season, he had a bunch of turnovers, led the Big Ten and thrown interceptions, and that became their undoing. This season, he's doing a much better job of taking care of the football. And Sean Clifford is about as good as anyone in the country of making plays outside of the pocket, keeping his eyes downfield, uh, finding guys open. And, and so if he can continue to do that uh, and their defense continues to play well, then Penn State is another team that will have a chance to win the Big Ten. Can't wait for this weekend when Penn State-Iowa go head-to-head because -head, that'll tell us a lot about this conference. Yeah, in Penn State, Sean Clifford learning to be patient, check the football down more. Obviously, he's been uh, John Dotson having a guy like that that can that can beat everybody is good. Penn State's defense has been really impressive thus far. Wisconsin, I thought they actually struggled, but they showed up when it mattered. They showed up in the red zone and created uh, turnovers. And, and here's the thing, Porter Jr., number nine, you don't want that smoke. You don't want to try him, whether it's Coming up and tackling, which most corners don't like to do, or coverages, or coverage. They play a ton of guys. They rotate a ton of guys through and through, but they all play with great effort and energy, and um, at, they got a great athleticism across the front. So I think Penn State, another team, if they keep developing offensively and Clifford keeps going higher and higher and getting better and more comfortable and that passing game continues to evolve, because they got the weapons to do it, this is a team that could win the Big Ten along with Michigan, along with Ohio State, along with Iowa, like all these teams that are in the mix. Right? That's just the thing. And I think Ohio State has too much experience, too much talent not to be in the mix somehow. So it's not that we're not talking about the Buckeyes. Let's put, that, put them in that group of contenders. But it seems like, Joey, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, that if, if there's a team that's on the outside looking in just a little bit, uh, it sounds like you might think it's Michigan State. Is that correct? Uh, Michigan State and, and what Mel Tucker has got them to do this season is far ahead of where they were last season. They're a much improved football team. I just don't know that they have enough firepower uh, to beat an Ohio State and Penn State and, and Michigan and where they are. But Michigan State can absolutely beat any one of those teams, but it's going to take a, a perfect game at, at a thorn at quarterback. they got to run it with Reed. They're a very good football team. I just don't know that they have enough weapons offensively, and then I don't know if their defense can hang with those other teams we talked about. So, again, uh, anything possible in the Big Ten, David. But i got to tell you, one of the calling cards of this season is that they're not alone. I mean, what, there's some other conferences. Big 12 comes to mind where I feel like it's still wide open. What, who, who else out there in terms of conferences uh, do you think has the same scenario where you got just about everybody still in it? I think it's the Big 12. I think you nailed it. Like, everybody yeah. – besides Kansas <laughs> in that in that league could beat anybody I mean I, you, you saw West Virginia who's one of the bottom you know they're at the bottom tier of that league right now they went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Oklahoma Oklahoma State's undefeated Baylor and Oklahoma uh, State played last week both undefeated it was a really good ball game Baylor could beat anybody I mean I think you go through the list you've seen Kansas State play competitive with Oklahoma already you got Texas you got um, Oklahoma so I just I think that league from top to bottom there's just there's not going to be those easy outs. They're going to be – so when you do play your bad game um, or bad games throughout the season, you're going to be in a dogfight and can you make plays. So I think the Big 12 is the most competitive league outside of Kansas.
Uh, I agree with you, and, and it's been fun this season to talk about the different teams and, and the different scenarios we might have later on because of some of the teams like Clemson not looking like the Clemson we expect. And so the Big 12 is, is that conference that that's very interesting because we expected Oklahoma to be a really good football team, and we expected Oklahoma to be uh, a team that we talked about in the top four, and they haven't looked like that team. So then when you look down, that, down the stretch of, of the Big 12, this weekend with Oklahoma and Texas uh, will say a lot about where that conference is going. And, and it, it's as wide open as we've seen it in recent history. And so I'm looking forward to this weekend, looking forward to seeing uh, if Casey Thompson in Texas can keep things going and knock off of Oklahoma, who hasn't looked like the Oklahoma we expected, surprisingly, on the offensive side. They just hadn't put up the tremendous numbers and the points we've seen in past seasons. Well, again, I think it's worth repeating. We've already had 18 unranked teams beat ranked teams, and that's left things like wide open and unexpected and all of these teams in the mix uh, at this point in the season that we didn't think is possible. Now, if you're going to talk about all of that, if you're going to talk about a changing landscape, you absolutely have to talk about Cincinnati and BYU, and we'll certainly do that. A big win in South Bend on Saturday equals an invite to the playoff, does it? Well, we'll ask that question try and answer it as best we can with regards to Cincinnati. And it's been a season, as I mentioned so far, of the unexpected coming up. We take a look at some potential dark horses in this year's Heisman race. College Football Live is brought to you by Allstate. Save money like a champion with Allstate. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Right now at Caesars Sportsbook, the odds of either Alabama or Georgia winning at all are minus 240. That means you have to bet $240 just to win 100. As far as the field goes, Caesars offering two to one odds for any other team to win the title. So it's Georgia, Alabama, and the field. And it sort of feels like that, Joey. It's, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot of arguing right now. The top two teams in college football, and then there's everybody else. But I think you can debate how big that chasm or how big that gap is. What do you think? Uh, that gap seems very large to me. I, I think, you know, if, if you really want to argue it, I think the, the bigger argument is who should be ranked number one between Georgia and Alabama. But the gap between those two teams and what everyone else has done so far appears to be very big. Now, it's early in the season, a lot of football left. Uh, Ohio State's playing better, you know, so you got time for somebody to close the gap. But as we look at it, it would be hard to imagine Georgia and Alabama not being in uh, the college football playoff because they don't play each other in the regular season. No, I, I agree. You know, we've talked about this all week. I think was last week was kind of like Georgia and Alabama being like, hey, guys, there's levels to this. Like Arkansas Ole Miss, y'all are cute. <laughs> Good job having a great season, but you ain't ready for this. But – but I don't think this this team this Alabama team isn't near what it was 
a year ago. Georgia's not a complete team yet offensively. There's still deficiencies. Wendy, it was a couple weeks ago that in the swamp that Alabama barely survived, right? Like, I mean, that was a pretty well, good listen, if you game if you went to Tuscaloosa, you would so thought I, they lost. <laughs> yeah. They were jumping. They it was all over. Yeah, I, because I mean, they didn't win I, by 45 I, points. I would just say, I agree there's I agree there's separation. I agree those two teams are the best two teams. But I don't think it's like those two teams, hey, let's go ahead and put them undefeated against each other. Like, Georgia's still got to play Florida. That's going to be a heck of a football game. So, I don't, I don't think the um, – I'm going to chalk it up and say both of them are undefeated going to the SEC championship. That kind of levels between them. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, it, it's possible. I don't, I don't think it would be the biggest uh, shocker of all times, Joey. But uh, to your point, there's a lot of football still to be played. Yeah, and, and David, I, I'll be honest with you. I think that the Florida game against Alabama, I think it actually helped Alabama. I think the mistakes they made in the second half on the defensive side had them more prepared for the game they played this weekend against Ole Miss. I don't think that good teams always need to blow people out. I think that good teams at times need to have a close game to go back to the draw board and say, hey, maybe we're not as good as we thought we were. And that was a much more focused defense we saw against Lane Kiffin than we saw against Florida. So I think it helped them out. I don't think there's any arguing that you sometimes play to your competition, and, and perhaps that's what we saw with Alabama, a little, little bit of a wake-up call without getting the L, uh, best kind of wake-up call. Uh, take a look now at our Capital One fan vote. If we can agree that there's Georgia and Alabama at the top, at least right now, then, then what about the best of the rest? Let us know at the at Capital One fan vote. Go to Twitter.com slash SportsCenter to check out this week's Capital One fan vote. Uh, we also, though, want to talk a little bit about two teams uh, who are on the outside looking in, so to speak. I mean, nobody's on the inside just yet, but at least expected. Uh, and that's teams that, that are set up to make some history here. Cincinnati and BYU, as you take a look at their respective resumes, both undefeated, both outside the Power Five conferences, but the FBI gives the Bearcats a lot more credit than it does the Cougars, since he also has a better strength of schedule and strength of record, according to the FBI. So, Again, uh, but I, I, David, I know you're not a huge fan of the FBI. You like to watch these X's and O's on the field. But uh, if I pose a question like this, if you had to choose between one of these two teams, Cincy and BYU, to break that bubble, who are you putting your money on? It's definitely Cincinnati. Now, now BYU beat Arizona State, which is a good win, but the rest of their schedule – there's a lot of ungood teams on those on that list. So there's not a lot of good to find the rest of the way. Cincinnati, a top 10 win. win. Here's what Cincinnati to me has to do. Cincinnati needs Notre Dame to win and continue to win and win out. Cincinnati needs SMU to do the same thing. They play SMU second to last game of the season. Beat SMU, could beat them twice. And then, listen, this is a season where, Joey, we're seeing a bunch of teams stumble, a bunch of teams flounder. Um, you had a lot of love for Cincinnati a year ago. That love could, should continue to carry over, and they should continue to get respect for how they played last year against Georgia and now big win against Notre Dame. Yeah, and that's what's unfortunate for, for Cincinnati is we looked at their schedule to begin the season and saw an Indiana team that was pretty good, you know, coming into the season. Hadn't been that team. They go on the road, knock them off. Then they do knock off a top 10 Notre Dame. Unfortunately for Cincinnati, UCF goes and loses a game. And we'll look at the rest of their schedule and just look at what's left on it. Not a whole lot. And like, like you said, if SMU continues to win, that'll be helpful. But it'll be interesting because the schedule is not very good after Notre Dame. 
Yeah, they did, they, they did everything they could with that out-of-conference schedule, but, you know, you play who you play when it comes to the conference. That's not helping their cause right this minute. Uh, take a look at our Saturday night game. We've got another solid week of college football lined up. We talked a little bit about the Big Ten earlier and Michigan. Michigan goes on the road uh, to face Nebraska. This game presented by Capital One. 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific on ABC and the ESPN app. One app, one tap. Well, again, if we want to talk about things that don't go exactly as planned, we have to include the Heisman race in this conversation as well. Coming up, a deep dive into our Heisman dark horses right after this. Time now for this week's ultimate performance presented by BMW. Pittsburgh quarterback Kenny Pickett ranks in the top five in the nation in seven different statistical categories. You name it, he's winning it. He's responsible for 21 touchdowns and just one interception. He's also set the pit record for most touchdown passes in any three-game stretch. He's got 14. Dan Marino held that record prior to now with 13. How about the Heisman? Bryce Young just ahead of Matt Corral and the Heisman odds provided by Caesar Sportsbook. They were co-favorites entering Saturday's matchup. Since he's Desmond Ritter, Ohio State's C.J. Stroud, and Oklahoma's Spencer Rattler round out the top five. But, Joey, listen, since we've devoted a fair amount of time this afternoon to the unexpected, who's your dark horse for the Heisman Trophy? I like B. John Robinson out of Texas, and, and I don't know if he'll get there or not, but I love watching him play. Uh, every time you watch him play, every time you watch him touch the ball, he has a chance to go to distance. And generally, it's him breaking tackles and running through people, uh, you know, seven touchdowns rushing and two touchdowns receiving. He's been the best player on the field every time Texas has played. So I've enjoyed watching him. And he has a big statement to make against Oklahoma and then Oklahoma State. He could get there with big games. Bryce Young's clearly the favorite. Alabama's not going anywhere. They're going to continue to win. So just it's about everybody else. In a year that's kind of wacky, that's kind of crazy, it's kind of spread out, the most dominant force in all of college football resides in Athens, Georgia, and he plays nose tackle. No, he's not going to have a, stat, a lot of stats. Jordan Davis is the most dominant player in all of college football. 6'7", 350. Joey, dude clocked. 20 miles an hour on the GPS. <laughs> 20 miles an hour, dude. I'm impressed. It's a mountain that moves and runs and destroys human beings. He's the most dominant player in college football. Joey runs that fast every day of the week. We'll see you back here tomorrow, everybody. Thanks for joining us.